Hello and welcome back to UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peake, MUFON Field Investigator for the City of Philadelphia, State of Pennsylvania. Today we are back a little day early. I am sorry about that. I decided to hang out with my mom for a day, so this is a day later than usual. But today is episode 7, Testimony of our Astronauts Gordon Cooper and Edgar Mitchell. Some of their accounts of seeing UFOs are absolutely top-notch and their testimony is absolutely amazing. I have it in front of me and we're going to go through it today. So without further ado, let's get right to it. So welcome back everybody. Um, it has been a long week since we last did the last episode. Um, today, uh, we do have some great information for you guys. Um, I decided to do this because I hear a lot of people saying that people that have sightings aren't very good and credible sources to be seeing these things. And with astronauts, they are top notch when it comes to seeing things in the sky. And most of them were in the military prior. Most pilots, Air Force, Navy, flying helicopters, the jets, the F-15s, F-16s, F-18s. So I think they are one of the most credible witnesses in the UFO field today, which is why I bought them up. And I don't think a lot of people that I talk to have no idea that astronauts have actually seen UFOs. Now, I know if you've been with the UFO field for a while, we know otherwise. We, we have seen them and we've heard of it. And we've seen some of their testimony, but I had actually word for word their testimony today, which I'm going to share with everybody. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to know everybody, um, I do have a website that is specifically for this podcast. Um, it is ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. And it's only been out for about a month. We have about 215 views of the website. Um, I always put the new episodes up on there so you can check out what episode is, is out, which one's new, which one's old, what they were. Um, I also write daily blogs, so there's uh, new information out there weekly. Um, also updated on there are my pictures of my travels and of my work. Uh, and speaking of my work, uh, my, my published paper finally came in the mail um, in the MUFON Journal for June. Um, and my paper is in there, and I'm very happy that it was very successful. I've been getting a lot of great feedback for it. I've already gotten phone calls from people from MUFON telling me how well written it was. Um, so if you do get the MUFON journal, please check it out. It's on page 10. You can see it in the table of contents. Um, I'm very happy with it. Um, and also, um, check out the website, like I said. And you can also follow me on Twitter at capital A-A-T-P-E-A-K. That's at A-A-T-P-E-A-K. That's my Twitter handle, Ancient Astronaut Theorist Peak. That's my last name. Um, also, I want to announce, uh, please go and check out UAP.news. It is the UFO Twitter, literally. I mean, everything UFO they have over there with daily updates of UFO information, there's so much content on there, it's insane. You can go on there, make your own profile. You can associate with other people and share your stuff. I mean, I'm over there, so you can, you can go over there and follow me. Um, they are, they, they, they're a big supporter of this show. Um, 
they they are sponsoring me. I sponsor them on the website. Um, there's more information about where you could go to get them at my website. Um, again, that's UAP.news. I mean, everything UFO, they have it there. So it's great to check out. Um, and I got some fun facts for today that go along with the, uh, you know, the topic of today. Um, the word astronaut comes from Greek words, astronautes, which means star sailor, which I never knew that before, which is, it's pretty cool. Um, and it's estimated that 600 million people watch Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walk on the moon on television when it was occurring. That's a lot of people. And back in that time, think about it. Not everybody had televisions, and back then it was 600 million. Imagine how many people watch it today. And to think about that, if they're watching, they're interested in what's going on in space. So just let that settle for a minute. That's how many people are interested in what's going on in this planet, not only here, but out in space, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so as we move on, um, I want to go over to Gordon Cooper to start with. Um, Gordon Cooper flew twice in space during the missions Mercury and Gemini program. Um, program Mercury was the first human space program of the United States. This made Cooper the youngest of seven original astronauts. During his last flight, Gemini 5, Cooper and his crewmate, Pete Conrad, set what was then the world endurance record of time, 190 hours and 56 minutes, which back in those days was an achievement of a lifetime. I mean, think about that. You're in space for over 190 hours to 56 minutes. That's just short of eight full days. And back then, I mean, they were the first to do it. Um, and that was just, it was amazing. People loved it. Um, Cooper uh, had a total of 222 flown hours flown in space. So that's, that's, that's just, just Oh, amazing. Um, he also retired from NASA and the United States Air Force on July 31st, 1970, with the rank of Colonel. Now, we have some of his testimony here, which I, I find absolutely astonishing about him and UFOs. Now, I've watched a lot of TV shows that have them on here, and, you know, you get a little bit of their background and what they have saw. But um, today, I mean, this information I have in front of me is pretty cool. You might learn something new, you might not. But I did want to put it out there um, for everybody to be able to learn from. Werner um, Cooper was over in Europe in 1951 when he saw his first UFO. Quote, when, they alerted, when the alert sounded, my squadron mates and I dashed from a steady room and scrambled skyward in our F-86s to intercept the bogeys. We reached a maximum ceiling of around four, uh, four five thousand feet, four to five thousand feet, and they were still way above us and traveling much faster. I could see they weren't balloons or MIGs, which is a Russian fighter jet, or any aircraft that I've ever seen before. They were metallic and silver and saucer-shaped. We couldn't get close enough to form any idea of their size. They were just way too high for us to catch. Quote, for the next two or three days, the saucers passed over our base daily. Sometimes they appeared in groups of four, other times as many as 16. Now, let me stop right there. Think about that. You're on a military base. You're stationed there. You're a fighter pilot. And for two to three days in a row, you're seeing bogeys fly over you. And I'm ex-military myself, Army National Guard, so I can, 
Uh, this is crazy. To see bogeys flying over your base, unknown bogeys. I mean, and at the time you're around, I mean, you know, not everybody's uh, happy with each other in Europe. So, and then up to 16 at a time. I mean, that just blows my mind. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, going back on what Cooper said, um, quote, they could outmaneuver and outflank us seemingly at will. They moved at very speeds, sometimes very fast, sometimes very slow. And other times they would come to a dead stop as we zoomed past underneath them. We had no idea whether we were looking at us or what they were doing. They came right over the air base at regular intervals all day long, generally heading east to west over central Europe. So if you think about that, you're flying at hundreds of miles per hour and you're chasing these things that are way faster than you and all of a sudden these objects come to a complete stop and you fly right past them because no human could survive going as fast as that object was and coming to a complete stop you would be dead in an instant it's a fact so you know that these things are intelligent control and at that time nobody had that technology that's that's all that's also a fact so uh gordon cooper goes on to say i suppose there were reports filed by officers a lot more senior than i still i lowly second lieutenant but as far as i know there was no official investigation back then quote since the ufos were too high and too fast for us to intercept we eventually stopped going up after them through binoculars we looked to the sky in awe as these speedy saucers flew. Our worst fears were that Soviet Union had developed something for which we had no match. And if there weren't, and if they weren't from anywhere here on earth, we wondered aloud, where did they come from? So they're watching these and they there's nothing they can do about it. I mean you're on you're on a, a military base, an air force base, and your jets can't can't go after and you can't fire upon them, you can't even catch them. So all you could do is sit there and look at them with binoculars. That's just mind blowing. And this is coming from Gordon Cooper's own words while he was in Europe. And it even says at the end there, they wondered if they weren't from Earth, where were they from? So they were already having that conversation of, you know, where did these things come from? Why? You know what I mean? I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, Gordon Cooper also. I mean, he was at Edwards Air Force Base, um, which I have a little testimony from that as well. Um, this is at Edwards Air Force Base. Warren Cooper quotes, following my graduation at the Air Force Institute of Technology, he was selected for the Air Force Experimental Test Flight School at Edwards Air Force Base in California Desert. Test pilot school was the best among the best in the Air Force pilots. And after graduation, he was assigned to the fighter section of the Experimental Flight Test Engineering Division at Edwards as a test pilot and project manager. So they picked him to be one of the top guns out there to go test these brand new, fully functional aircraft that the United States military was using. Now, this is after he came back from Europe at the time. I mean, this was... Uh, after he had seen all this stuff, and now he's getting to be a test pilot for the Air Force. Um, this is just obviously something that not everybody gets to do. So Gordon Cooper did see a lot more than what a normal Air, uh, uh, Air Force pilot would see, um, especially flying these brand new things. 
which at that being said, you got to think about this. He's flying the brand new planes, up to date, high tech stuff. And he's seeing stuff that is better than that. So he knows that this technology is not coming from our Air Force. The stuff that he saw, he was flying all the brand new stuff. These things were coming from somewhere else, and he knew that deep down. Now, when they went up and he flew in space in Project Mercury and in the Gemini missions, there was times where they were up there and they were floating around in orbit, and they were seeing objects in space constantly floating around, and they had no idea what they were. Now, reports were made. They went down, and they they they. They told uh, NASA over the line. They were seeing objects. They had bogeys up there. I mean, this went on for a while. Um, after Gordon Cooper retired um, in July, July 31st, 1970, with the rank of colonel, he came out and he started, um, you know, letting everybody know that there's other things out here. It's not just us flying up in the sky, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's been on multiple shows before. And coming out and saying that as a veteran, honorable veteran from the United States Air Force and also a NASA pilot, that is one of the most credible people that you will ever hear from stating that UFOs are real. Now, I have this here. This is from uh, Gordon Cooper. This is the conclusions about the U.S. government's UFO cover-up. And this is his words precisely. Quote, I give the public more credit than our government has at times. Most people want to know what's going on in the world and around them and would rather hear the truth, whatever it is, than a pack of lies. After the government told the first untruth about UFOs, it had to tell another cover to cover that one, then another, then another. It just snowballed. And right now, I'm convinced that a lot of very embarrassed government officials are sitting in Washington trying to figure a way out to bring the truth. They know it's got to come out one day, and I'm sure it will. America has the right to know. Officially, Gordon Cooper with Bruce Henderson in Leap of Faith. Now, Cooper and Henderson published their book, Leap of Faith, in 2000, and Gordon Cooper died four years later. So I highly suggest you go out and you get that book and you read it because that has information in there of everything that he ever came in contact with as well as his background. And that man is one of the most credible people or witnesses to UFO sightings that there ever was. So um, with that little bit on uh, Gordon Cooper, I do want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to go over to Edgar Mitchell and exactly what he saw up there. And I have really good testimony from him as well. Um, we'll get right into that. Um, and then we'll also get into a couple other small things, too. So, everybody, hold on to your seats. Strap your seatbelts on in your spacecraft. And we'll be right back with UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON Field Investigator. We'll be right back. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak, at UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com today. 
UFO Encounters Worldwide with your host, Jesse Peake, now available on the following platforms, CastBox, Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Podcast Attic. Come check us out today and become a Worldwider. Hey everyone, it's Jesse Peake, your host from UFO Encounters Worldwide. Have you guys ever had a UFO sighting? Go to MUFON.com where you can report your UFO sighting and a field investigator will get in contact with you and investigate your sighting absolutely free. I'm a field investigator for MUFON in Pennsylvania. I do it all the time. It's a great, great organization to report your sighting and actually get real feedback. Check it out at MUFON.com today. Welcome back, UFO Encounters Worldwide with your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON Field Investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. This is the second half of episode seven. We're going to get into Edgar Mitchell, his background, and some testimony of some UFOs. So like I said before, strap on those seatbelts in your spacecraft because we're about to go on a ride. So now we get back to Edgar Mitchell, um, another one of our great astronauts, um, one of the best of the best to ever do it, United States Air Force veteran, as well as our NASA guy. Um, one of our one of the best that you can ever get as a testimony. Um, so let's get into it right away without wasting any more time. Um, Edgar Mitchell was officially the sixth man to ever walk on the moon. Um, as he was the lunar module pilot for the Apollo 14, Mitchell spent a total of nine hours working on the lunar surface in what was called the Fra Mauro Highlands region, which I didn't know that. That's a pretty cool fact. Um, he was up there collecting rocks and, and uh, you know, tightening everything up to bring it back so we could study it. Um, Edgar was selected in 1966 as part of NASA's fifth astronaut group. He was assigned to the support crew for Apollo 9 and then was designated as a backup lunar module pilot for the Apollo 10. Uh, Mitchell was originally in rotation for Apollo 13, but his crew was switched to Apollo 14. This way, their commander, Alan Shepard, could train longer due to a medical problem since the Gemini program. Um, he stayed with NASA until 1972 when he retired from the Navy. So you got Ed, Edgar Mitchell, who was in the Navy, and you have our other guy, Gordon Cooper, who is in the United States Air Force. So both of them were military veterans. Um, it's just something to have as a good background. And then they were both picked to be astronauts. So I have some of his testimony here um, about UFOs, and I do want to read it to you guys. I think it's some of the best testimony we have. Um, this is a quote from Edgar Mitchell. He says, my major knowledge comes from what I call the old timers, people who were at Roswell and subsequent who wanted to, to clear the things up and tell somebody credible, even though they were under severe threat and things. This was a back. This was back in the Roswell days. Having gone to the moon, 
and being a local citizen out in Roswell area, some of them thought I would be a safe choice to tell their stories to, which they did. Even though the government put real clamps on everybody, it got out anyhow, end quote. So while he was living in, in the Nevada desert in Roswell, after he had retired from NASA, he had the locals that were coming to him and telling them their stories about their sightings because they felt him being someone who had encountered some things himself, that it would be safe and he'd be willing to listen, which he did which I do highly respect. It's hard when you have tons of people coming at you with all kinds of stuff and wanting to tell their stories. It can be a little hard, but he was very open-minded in doing so. Um, so he goes on to say, quote, subsequent to that, I did take my story to the Pentagon, not NASA, but the Pentagon. He made sure he quoted that very well. And he asked for a meeting with the Intelligence Committee of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he got it. And then he told them my story and what I know, I eventually had that confirmed by the admiral that I spoke with, that indeed what I was saying was true. He actually got confirmation about what was happening was true from the admiral that he spoke with at that meeting. Quote, in other words, there was a UFO crash. Did you hear that? There was a UFO crash. The admiral in that meeting and the Joint Chiefs of Staff confirmed to him that the crash at Roswell was indeed a UFO. He goes on to say, there was an alien spacecraft. This gentleman tried his damnedest to get me in. And like so many others in the ad administration over the last 60 years since JFK's time was unable to. He was told, Admiral, you don't have a need to know and therefore go get lost essentially. So how... How can you sit there and tell an honored military Navy veteran, the Apollo astronaut who touched and walked on the moon, that you don't have a need to know and to go get lost like you're nothing? Think about that. That man did his country a duty, and he's being told like he's nothing, nothing at all. So to go on a little bit. Um, I have a update about some of the stuff that um, he had did and some of the stuff he created. So in 1972, uh, Dr. Mitchell founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is uh, I-O-N-S, after an extraordinary experience on his way back to Earth from the moon. Mitchell felt the separation of mind, matter, and spirit dissolve in an experience of oneness. As a scientist, Mitchell knew that someday science would come to fully understand the wholeness and interconnectedness he experienced. But first, it would have to lean, learn how to access deeper levels of human consciousness and understand the powers of heart and mind to reach beyond a purely rational framework. Mitchell recognized that this is an explanation, uh, expansion of the scientific paradigm would be a necessar necessary to facilitate the shifts required to create a sustainable and peaceful planetary society. He founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences for that purpose. Today, the Institute carries out its mission as a worldwide research, education, and member organization. So the IONS website address is www.noetic.org. Again, that's www.noetic.org. N-O-E-T-I-C dot org.
So I suggest you guys go and check that out. Um, and just so you guys know, I, I did these two astronauts today because Edgar Mitchell and Gordon Cooper didn't meet each other as astronauts. Um, both of the men were assigned to the Apollo 10 backup team together, um, where they actually trained with another astronaut named Don Essel. Esel, I guess it's pronounced, I'm not sure, um, during April of 1969 in water, uh, water egress training. Gordon Cooper was the commander, Don Esel was the commander, uh, was command module pilot, and Edgar Mitchell was the lunar module pilot. So they did come in contact with one another, and I'm sure that they did share their stories. Um, both of these men came out and and gave everything that they had um, by telling and and letting the, letting the world know what they should have always been known, what should have been out from the government at the time. Um, so I got I do have a little bit more um, about what Mitchell said, um, some of his comments that he made over time in the in the word of disclosure for UFOs. Um, he did urge those who were doubtful about the subject to read the books, read the lore, start to understand what had really been going on, because there is really no doubt that we are being visited, he said. So in his mind, it was it was there. We were being visited. He wanted the people to learn about it, which is why he came out and disclosed what he saw. He feels that if you're doubting this, that you need to go get a book, open it up, and just be open-minded. Let me tell you, that's the number one thing of why I became a field investigator, and that was the number one rule of mine, to always be open-minded. He goes on to say, the universe that we live in is much more wondrous, exciting, complex, and far-reaching than we have ever been able to know to this point in time. Mitchell claimed he used a highly regarded status to speak confidentially with a Pentagon admiral who confirmed the UFO crash at Roswell. He claimed he has since spoken to government officials on three different countries who say they have had contact with aliens. He is now calling for NASA and the government to stop hiding evidence of alien contact and to start being honest with the American public. A NASA spokesperson responded saying that NASA does not track UFOs. NASA is not involved in any sort of cover-up about alien life on this planet or Anywhere else, period. So you're getting complete denial from NASA to one of its very own, which I find it's, it's, it's rude. It's ignorant. It's wrong. I mean, you're not going to sit here and tell me that NASA doesn't know what's going on. I'll tell you a quick little story. So I was in a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and we were looking at photos of the moon, uh, Mars, and some of the pictures that they had on their website I took and ran through, and I, I wasn't the only one that did this. We ran the photos through, a couple of photos through um, a photo analyst program to see if pixels were out of order or if anything was being covered up in the photo. And we actually did find two that were on the NASA website. I'm not sure if they're on there anymore. But that just right there goes to show why would you be adding anything or covering something up on the pictures of the moon? It makes no sense because they know what's going on. And I know for a fact that when they were walking on the moon and they were uh, they were on the channel speaking back and forth to NASA, Houston, whatever, um, they were seeing stuff out there and they would click it off to the to the health line, you know, the emergency line. And they would click it off to the public so you couldn't hear what they were saying. 
Well, ham radio people that were listening in on their ham radios heard all of the commotion that they were being watched while they were up there. Astronauts being watched. Buzz Aldrin being watched. He said, they're watching us from a distance. These craft are sitting on the horizon and they've been watching us the whole time we were up here. This is, this is proof. It's recorded from a ham radio. So I don't believe for a second that NASA doesn't have their hand in the pot. I will never, ever believe that. I, I think they are just as guilty as the government. And until they come out and, and, and give proof and tell what they know, they're, they're in the wrong, in my book. Um, so this information Mitchell has said before, but um, different this time in the mainstream media has picked up picked it up as well as cyberspace. Mitchell has set the internet ablaze with articles, blogs, and a, and forum discussions. Um, one reporter said, "What is getting all of the attention is Mitchell is a man who is respected highly, a national hero, has a somber, straight face, told the world without reservation." that we have been visited by UFOs, aliens are real, and the government is indeed covering up this information. I believe them. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't see why a man of this, of this stature would come out and lie about something like this. Our destiny, in my opinion, and we might as well get started with it, is become a part of the planetary community. We should be ready to reach out beyond our planet and beyond our solar system to find out what is really going on out there. Dr. Edgar Mitchell, as reported by Michael Webster, investigative reporter. So, again, I, I really encourage you to go check out um, the Institute for Noetic Sciences. The website for that, again, is www.noetic.org. Again, that's www.noetic.org. This way you can find all that information on there and check it out because it's pretty cool. And Michael Webster, the investigative reporter who was spoken with, with, with uh, Edgar Mitchell, I believe you could probably look him up and look up the interviews that he did between him and between each other. Um, that's great information as well. Um, so I, I really suggest that you guys check it out. Um, and these two men have, I mean, you can't get better than that. Gordon Cooper, I mean, these men are, they made history. And their government is keeping them in the dark about what's really going on. After serving their country honorably, decoratively, they have so many medals, it's not even funny. They've chased UFOs. They went to the moon. They've orbited Earth. And yet the government will not tell them the truth. I find this wrong. I find it to be humiliating in a way. And they call this America, the land of the free, home of the brave. Well, yeah, it's definitely the home of the brave. The people are the home of the brave. But they are not telling us the truth about UFOs. So today happens to be the 24th. Of July. June. I'm sorry, June. It's the 24th of June. I'm sorry. And June 25th is supposed to be the 180 day mark that the government is going to come out and give an unclassified report to the public 
about the information that the Department of Defense has on UAPs, or UFOs, I should say, unidentified aerial phenomenon, unidentified flying objects. Now, I do want to give credit to Marco Rubio. He was the one to come out, and because this was all supposed to be a classified report, Marco, Marco Rubio came out and made it so that there would be an unclassified report given to the public, and I want to thank him for doing that. Do I believe we're going to get the smoking gun? No, I don't. I believe, if anything, we'll get information that we already know, maybe uh, some extended clips of the videos that we've already seen. We might get a little bit of, little bit of crumbs on something else, maybe. Maybe some information to back up other information that has already been out. But I do not believe that we're going to get full disclosure on this 180-day release. Um, I'm very happy that it is going down. I'm very happy because UFOs are now in the mainstream and people are starting to open up their eyes. Just this week, I had my mom and dad's best friend come over the house, showed them my work and what's going on, spoke to them. And as in the UFO world, we say we woke someone up. Well, I woke them up. They're completely all in on it. They had no idea that UFOs were this serious. They had no idea that UFOs work over our nuclear bases. They had no idea that they were over the White House. They had no idea about the Battle of Los Angeles. They thought that, oh, I was just in the subject of UFOs. That's all they knew. Well, they left here with pamphlets in their hands. They left here with papers in their hands. And then later that week, my cousin and his girlfriend came over as well, asked about what I was doing, and I woke them up too. And I will continue to wake anybody up that needs any information on the UFO subject. Which is why when you have Gordon Cooper and Edgar Mitchell coming out and telling you that something happened and they've seen things and they know that this is real, that's worth listening to. And I believe them in a heartbeat because men at that stature would not come out and lie about something. Being in the military myself, I know that our word is our bond. So I am not going to go against anything someone of that stature says, especially because they are the most elite witnesses to sightings that there is. So I just have to say that I'm looking forward to the paper coming out on the 25th, if it even comes out on time. I do hear that it possibly may be pushed back because of the investigation that's going on inside the DOD right now. I did speak about that before. Um, so we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, I really I hope, I pray that we get information. It would be great. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in again, and I do apologize for the one-day delay. I had to spend some time with my mom. Um, it doesn't always happen, and it was nice to spend a whole day with her. Um, so that was good, and I hope you guys really enjoyed the information I gave to you today. I know it wasn't a whole lot, but I know that the information I gave was important, and word for word, what came out of the, the astronaut's mouth, and what they say, and what they know for sure. Um, I think it's some great information, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you learned a little bit of something that you didn't know before. Next week we'll have another good episode, I promise that. Um, and I hope that we get that 180-day report on time, and I hope it does show us something that we'll, we've been waiting for. 
Um, and please don't forget, go over and check out the official website for this podcast. That is UFO Encounters Worldwide wordpress.com again that's ufo encounters worldwide wordpress.com and then you can also follow me at twitter at a-a-t-p-e-a-k at a-a-t-p-e-a-k and don't forget if you, you guys love twitter and i know you do if you like it go over to uap.news and check out their site it's the ufo twitter it is made for ufo information and for people to share information and to network with people it's so cool they support the podcast we support them that's how it works in this field look out for each other always do the right thing and always have an open mind this is ufo encounters worldwide this is your host jesse peak i hope you guys have an amazing weekend weekend we'll be back next week with another episode thank you and keep your eyes in the sky Thank you.